Welcome to this Sunday message, Sunday the 19th of November 2023. Subject for this morning's teaching is wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. Let's go to the book of Proverbs in starting. I'm going to read Proverbs 4 from verse 5 to 9. This is the instruction from God. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver you. Get wisdom, get understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time we can share around your precious word. We thank you for your word bringing life to us, guiding us, being a light to our path as we navigate life in this dark world. I pray, Lord, that we would experience salvation in all her fullness and everything that you have for us. In the wonderful name of Yeshua. Amen. Now, once again, we as Christians need to be extra cautious about the terms that we use. Like I've said on many occasions, the devil's big strategy is to keep things vague. And as long as you and I have a vague understanding about terms, doctrinal issues, in fact life itself, in any area, when we have a vague understanding, we are at a disadvantage. And God doesn't want us to be at a disadvantage. He wants us to understand things and understand them fully. And that's a process, of course. Now, there are two words here that we're going to be talking about. Wisdom, understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. Very often, we children of God lump those terms together in one sort of mixed bag and don't realize that they are significantly different. There are elements that are the same, very much like a coin, once again, with two sides to it. But we note that the Bible makes a distinction. And you see, if we can grasp this distinction, it will empower us. It will empower us to live this life and to see victory. Now, the first thing we need to explain is that, obviously, terms don't operate in a vacuum. You see, when one mentions the term wisdom, very often, without even perhaps articulating this or without recognizing it, the average human being, I should say, regards that term as some vague philosophical term reserved for theologians, philosophers, writers, etc. That's a big mistake. If we study the Bible carefully, you'll find that wisdom is something much more simple than that, and indeed extremely, extremely practical. And you see, we are commanded here to get it. If we are commanded to get wisdom, that means it's obtainable. That means it's obtainable to the average man. It doesn't say, go and get five years or ten years of academic study, 
go and sit with a guru under a pineapple tree in the Himalayas. It doesn't mean that we have to do that and then get wisdom. No, wisdom is available to you and I, and it's for everyday circumstances. You see, the Bible explains and describes wisdom in quite a lot of detail and in quite a lot of circumstances. But it's wrong to just say, oh, well, that's wisdom. An example of wisdom is not really wisdom. It's the fruit of wisdom. Can you see? It's very important for us to define wisdom in our thinking. And with the Bible's help, we can. Now, before we can talk about wisdom, we just need to mention something that I've often mentioned, and that is truth. Once again, a term that relegated to the realm of the imaginary or vague and philosophical, but shouldn't be the case for us Christians. If you study the Bible closely, you'll understand that truth, very simply stated, is what God thinks in every situation. In any situation, what God thinks is the truth. A lot of people, if you ask them, what is the truth? Well, the truth are the facts, you see. Now, once again, there's a bit of confusion here. We talk about information when we're talking about facts. The Bible speaks about knowledge. And what we've got to grasp is that facts and the truth, information and the truth, are not identical. Once again, we can't just throw them into a mixed bag and use them indiscriminately. There are subtle distinctions. Facts are subject to change. Facts are subject to change. But you see, the truth is eternal. And when you look at a concept like truth, one's got to grasp it's not a collection of intellectual information. It goes beyond that. Christ said, I am the truth. He also said, I am the image of my Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The disciples asked him, show us the Father. And he said to them, it's unnecessary. If you see me, you see the Father. I don't do anything. I don't say anything except it's in line with what my father would have done and would have said. And the same person said, I am the truth. Can you see that? In other words, what the father thinks is the truth in any situation. A good way to illustrate the difference between facts and truth, because you see, truth goes beyond the facts. There's a lot more to any situation than just the facts. In a court of law, a court of law looks a lot at evidence. But just having the evidence available is not enough. The court has to go beyond the evidence and establish what actually happened and deeper than that, what were the motives. You see, the evidence can help us determine the motives, but it's not the end story. We're dealing with the human heart. If somebody steals from a shop, you see, the facts are property was taken without payment. Those are the facts. However, 
behind the facts, there can be a range of different motives, ranging from stealing to feed a family or stealing to support a drug habit. Now you see, once one's looked at the motives, one can come more closer to the truth in that situation. And the truth is what's important. Why? Because the truth will determine how you and I react. You and I operate on the basis of information. And for our operating to be successful, it must be based on the truth, what God thinks. These are very deep things, and I'm trying to communicate them as best I can, but we have to grasp them, children of God. In any situation, be it theology or life itself, any event in life, the issue that we must always obsess ourselves about is truth. What does God think about the situation? Now you see, once we've established what God thinks about the situation, and there are various things using the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and of course our relationship with the truth that helps us arrive at that. But you see, it's not just enough to know the truth. It's a very important starting point. But it's not enough. Why? Well, you see, that truth, unless it is applied, is of no use. You can know that you and I have to, at some stage, be born again. We can know that. We can even know exactly how to go about it. That is the truth. What the Bible says about that choice in life is the truth. That's what God thinks, you see. God's made it in such a way. He so loved the world. He gave his son. We know the story. But you see, knowing that does not make you and I saved. We can't get saved without knowing that. But just knowing that does not make us saved. Doesn't get us born again. The point is we have to take that truth and we have to act on it. Truth without action is dead. Sterile intellectual information. We have to act on it. But you see, the big question is, how do you and I act on it? And that is what wisdom is about. Wisdom is applying the truth, applying what God thinks in any situation, to apply that truth to a situation the way God would want us to apply that truth. It's so important. If we apply truth incorrectly, it can do a lot of damage. However, if we apply truth with wisdom, God's way, It will result in life, salvation, happiness and goodness in every area of our lives, fullness of life. We've got to grasp this. In every situation, if we want to see salvation in that situation, family relationships, finances, health, career choices, marriage choices, everything, the process has got to be one of what does God think about it? 
And you see, once we know what God thinks about it, the next question is, how must I go about this? And you see, the facts are, the truth is, that the application can vary in different situations. There's not one size-fits-all formula for getting saved. The fundamentals are the same, but the application is different for every individual. Now, having said that, we've got to be careful because God has explained how to go about it. So, in essentials, we go about it the same way. We accept Christ. But for that to be relevant to somebody, it has to be done in a way that God wants them to do it. It's not a case of one size fits all. I was wonderfully saved, and I didn't pray the sinner's prayer, so-called. But what I did do, and this was very hard for me, I humbled myself. I took a step down from my intellectual pride and I said, Father God, if you are there, show yourself to me. And he did, in a wonderful way. I've never looked back. I didn't understand what had happened then. And since then, I've prayed this in his prayer, gained more understanding. But for my life, at that stage, what God wanted me to do is bow the knee. And essentially, every salvation moment is a bowing of the knee. It is confessing Yeshua as our Lord. That is the wisdom of God. Unless one's prepared to do that, that salvation message will pass you by, which it did for me close on 20 years. But you see, wisdom is the truth put into practice correctly. I'll just confirm this with a scripture. It runs throughout the Bible. The Lord Yeshua said of himself, I am the truth. But he never said, I am wisdom. He never said that. Why? The word said he was made wisdom to us. You see, he put the truth, which was himself, into action. That's wisdom. In Matthew 12, 42, he says, The Queen of the South will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. Now Solomon was regarded as the wisest man ever to walk the earth. He had to be. If you look at the number of wives he had, he would have had to have superhuman intellect and wisdom. But anyway... The point is, the Lord said, a greater than Solomon is here, speaking about himself, you see. Now, let's just look at what wisdom was in Solomon's life. That's where we go to 1 Kings 3, 24 to 28. The background to the story is, there are two women, and they both have children. They both give birth within a short space of time. The one in bed, rolls over and suffocates her child, and then she steals the other child from the other mother and claims that it's her child. Well, of course, the other mother is not too happy about this scenario, and they end up before King Solomon, demanding justice. 
Now, King Solomon exercised wisdom. He said, bring me a sword. All right. Then he said, divide the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son, and she said, O my lord, give the living child, and by no means kill him. So the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child, and by no means kill him. She is his mother. Now you see, we're going to get into this in a bit more detail, but Solomon exercised wisdom, and because of that wisdom, the situation was resolved. There was a good outcome. There was salvation. There was justice. The Bible goes on to say, And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. All right. So King Solomon exercised wisdom. The truth is that the mother of the child should be the mother of the child. That's God's desire. It's not right for somebody to steal somebody else's child. That is the truth. What was the problem? How is that truth applied in the situation? You see, and Solomon exercised great wisdom. Now, not only did he exercise wisdom, what we want to grasp is how wisdom differs from understanding. How does wisdom differ from understanding? They look very similar. Solomon operated in great wisdom, but he was using understanding. Understanding, very simply stated, is when you and I know the system. Now, when God created the earth, this is so important to grasp. When God created the earth, he instituted into the earth a whole lot of systems. The earth operates on a whole lot of systems. Gravitational pull, magnetic fields, tides, plants producing fruit, water, rain, animals eating the fruit, other animals eating other animals, animals dying, fertilizing the soil, helping the trees to grow again, animals reproducing after their kind, a whole infinite range of systems. Your and my bodies operate according to preordained systems. We've got a whole lot of systems, blood flow systems, nervous systems, cardiac systems, endocrine systems, you name it, billions of them, all operating. How do we get sick when one of those systems becomes faulty, you see? What is a medical practitioner's duty? To try and re-establish as best he can, with the help of the body's own functions, the system, you see. But he cannot do it if he does not understand the system. That's why the field of medicine is continually expanding, because mankind is continually uncovering 
the variety of different systems in each body. It's an endless field, obviously. But what is the key to getting the body to function at optimum level? Well, to understand the various systems and to work with the system. To understand the system and to work with it. That is understanding. To know what the system is and work with it. You see, and if we are able to do that, that system ordained by God will work for us. This is so important. That system will work for us. It's not only physical, it's also spiritual. There's a system of sowing and reaping, which God ordained. There's a system of faith. There's a system of giving and receiving. There's a whole range of systems, spiritual systems, that operate. Every single one of them is designed to bring salvation, wholeness. But you see, for them to do that, we have to operate with understanding. The more and the better we understand not only the system, but how to work with it, the better will be its fruit in our lives. So important to grasp this. And when you and I have understanding in a particular area, then we are able to apply the truth with wisdom. Understanding equips us to be wise. Let's just go to Proverbs. Proverbs 16.22 says, Understanding is a wellspring of life. Do you see that? In other words, understanding, when we have understanding, when we understand the system we are dealing with and we work with that system, it will produce life, a wellspring of life. Let's take an example from perhaps the legal world or the financial world. If you have a legal problem, something that needs to be resolved, something that needs, let's put it this way, salvation, we approach a lawyer. What is the advantage of the lawyer? The law is available to everybody. You and I can go to any library and find out what the law is. Or on the internet, you can do that. But you see, that's not enough. What do we need? Somebody who understands how the system works, you see. Then they can help us. They can take the facts, whatever they are, and take the law, and they can apply it to produce the best result possible. Amen? If we go to a financial advisor, we want to invest money. That advisor, to be of any assistance, has got to, as far as he can, understand the system, the financial system. It's a very difficult task in these days. It always has been. But you see, the better understanding that advisor has, the better he's able to apply information and facts to your situation and my situation, you see and produce a positive outcome. Let's look at Solomon. He's confronted with these two women. There's a child. One of the women has lost their child through some foolishness of their own. Now, Solomon has to determine who is telling the truth to apply that to the situation so that there will be justice. 
that in this situation there will be salvation. The true mother will not be aggrieved and the mother that stole the child will not get her way. Now, the understanding that Solomon had, because he knew so many things apparently, about maths, nature, you name it, every creeping thing and flowering plant, he knew it all. He studied things, you see. And the understanding he had in this situation was simply this. There's a mother instinct that will do anything to preserve its child. There's this power in a mother that almost like supernaturally takes over. Anyone who's been to the Kruger Park or any park for that matter, and you come between a mother elephant and her calf, you should know to get out of the way as quickly as possible. The same for any animal. We go for a walk down the road here, and there's a pair of tukops, I think they call them. They've got two eggs for about four months now. <laughs> and you go near them, oh my soul. The danger is you get your eyes pecked out. They really get upset. Mother instinct, parental instinct. Solomon understood that. He had understanding of that system. And because of that, he put that system to work in the situation. He challenged the mothers. Okay, you want to share the baby? Let's cut it in half. Instinctively, the mother of the child burst into the situation and said, no, don't kill the child. Rather give it to the other one. Can you see that? That one demonstrated that maternal instinct because of understanding that system. Solomon was able to accurately determine that is the mother. You and I need to develop understanding. Once again, we need to get understanding. When we look at one of the root words for this term, understanding, it speaks about the heart, in the sense of unclouding the heart. And you see, when we're talking about understanding, once again, it goes beyond just the simple facts. It's not just information. In the legal world, that's why you get good lawyers and you get not so good lawyers. They might both have the same facts at their disposal, but how to apply the substantive law to the situation that will carry the day. And one's got to grasp something. That understanding doesn't come from mere academic knowledge. It comes from working with that knowledge. It's only when we work with the knowledge that we have that we gain understanding. It boils down to one word really, experience. Experience. In this day and age, in many fields, not every field, in many fields, employers are not really interested in academic qualifications. This doesn't apply, of course, to a lot of fields, but in many fields. What employers are looking for is experience. Why? Well, here in South Africa, we call it school health. You pay for experience by making mistakes by stumbling along the way perhaps and picking yourself up. But you see, in all of that, one can possibly gain understanding. We gain understanding. We learn how the system works. And like we said earlier, 
if we understand how the system works, you and I can get it to work for us. Can I just say, if we don't understand how the system works, there is an agency out there that will use that same system against us. There are certain systems your and my body has. If we abuse that system, that same system will work against us. Your immune system is one of them. We've got to learn how to use the system correctly. And as we said, it's only by experience that we gain this understanding. And for that reason, very often in the Bible, the recommendation to the younger generation is to listen to the older generation. You find this in Proverbs. Let's just go to Proverbs 6, 20 to 22. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak to you. Listening to the counsel of those who've gone ahead, those who have gained understanding, can be extremely, extremely valuable. But please, I just need to say something. Just because one is old does not necessarily mean that we are wise. Wisdom does not just come by virtue of age. You see, in Proverbs 16.31 we read, The silver head is a crown of glory, if it is found in the way of righteousness. Can you see that? An elderly person has wisdom and glory about him if they've lived a righteous life, you see. The truth of the matter is, the world is populated with many old fools. But you see, there is an advantage to having had experience. We need to know what the truth is in any situation, but we also need to learn to apply that truth God's way. And that is a combination of wisdom and understanding. Let's just look at one more scripture before we end. Proverbs 10, verse 13. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. The financial advisor who understands the system correctly can give good advice as to how to apply our finances. It will produce profit, you see. A doctor who understands as best he can the human system is able to give information that if we apply it, will lead to health. Verse 23 says, A man of understanding has wisdom. I hope you and I have grasped this connection. We need to be effective in this world. The truths of God are extremely practical. It applies to every aspect of our lives, both big and small issues. But in all of them, this is the pattern. Find out what God thinks about it. Find out if 
God wants you to have that job. Find out if God wants you to go and live in that particular city. Find out if God wants you to do that particular exercise plan. Find these things out. What's God's will? But go beyond that. Go beyond that. Find out how to apply that truth to your and my own life. As you've said so many times before, we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. The truths are the same. God might want us all to have a good job, you see. But how does that apply to you and I? It varies. That's where we need understanding. And understanding only comes as we understand the system. If you want to be a lawyer, before hazarding forth, for heaven's sake, find out what the system is all about. The same applies to a career in medicine. So many people embark upon a career, invest a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money. And what they are doing is not necessarily bad. But what didn't happen, they didn't apply understanding to the situation. And they end up finding themselves very much like a round pig in a square hole. And because they've perhaps gone so far along the line, too late to change. We need to be full people. And God wants us to be full. And these are the tools. First of all, know the truth. And then apply it the way God wants you and I to apply it. And gain understanding in the process, you see. And get the systems that are out there working not against us, but for us. If we do these things, you and I are well on our way to enjoying life. Be blessed in the wonderful name of Yeshua. Amen.